This podcast is brought to you by Convo Cloth, the official clothing apparel of the NBC podcast. For the latest apparel, please go to www.nothingbutconvos.com. Now, let's get into the latest episode of the NBC podcast with your boy, S. McCann. Podcast with your boy S. McCann. This is episode four, State of the NBA. And I do have a special guest by the name of Paella Palamalu. He's one of my good friends and he's a fellow podcaster. His podcast is called Another Bad Podcast. And you can consume this podcast on any major platform so let's get into it episode four state of the nba yeah so the state of the nba episode four with p will the nba start will the season start um, we already had inklings of the season will start, and me and you um, were talking before why will it start, and we broke it down with money. Um, you know, everybody's been losing money, all the sports, but um, the NBA, we talked and said they, they're going to start just because of it's so much money out there. What you think about that? Well, first of all, something my brother Sam was going on. I'm happy to be on this podcast with you. You know, Sam, we discussed the current affairs and the question you asked me. Um, of course, the NBA will come back. Come on, man. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Of course, they come. It's too much money on the line for the NBA not to come back. Not to mention, I mean, you got these players. They they not gonna get their full checks if the TV. You know, the TV deals ain't gonna pay out. So that's one big issue. So that's one incentive to finish. The, uh, the salary cap's about to be super low like next year. That's another incentive to finish, so the sal- you can at least bump the salary cap. And, I mean, to me, and when you just asked about the NBA, you asked about all the pro sports, period. Just just the NBA. We we won't focus on the NBA. We know. Well, then, oh, the NBA's definitely coming back. Yeah. I think it's more of a question just will it be effective? It, like, if, if they come back, is it going to, like, are they going to come back without a hurdle? Because, like, as we all know, you know, Corona out, it's out. And we're not, I'm not going to make light of a pandemic. This is real. And the biggest he, – he, Adam Silver's guy, he's smart enough, and I know he's had to be running through these scenarios because the biggest worry is that you start it, you do it at Disney, or you do it in Vegas, or you do it at one of these places. And let's just say four players get it on a team. Or four between both teams, four players get it, and they in a series. What do you do? Yeah, then you're going to have to shut down the whole series, the whole playoffs and everything else. Nah, it, it's not going to – if they do it, they're going to have a plan. All the players is going to sign off, and then that's what it's going to be. Like, you're going to have a waiver, or you ain't going to get paid. If you get sick, then you out of here. Like, it's going to be a whole thing. Like, they, they're they not going to start it 
to consume the money and then stop it to lose the money. It's no way. Exactly. Like I, I'm with you. Like basically going into it, we all. I mean, I think if you don't know, we all gotta know is that one person or two people getting the corona is not gonna stop this. No, because you you can't spend the money to restart this and have it stop over two or three or four people getting the corona. You said so. It's got to be somewhere you get it. Like you say, you sign the waiver. You got to get out. And then the other big thing is, <laughs> like, uh, like I've seen uh, Mike Wherever say, all right, you can keep the people in, but you can't keep the girls out. <laughs> nah, it's no, it's no way. So that's the biggest issue. Like, all right, it comes back. Let's just say it comes back. We in Disney, and they all say, all right, we gonna stay. And you got all these players in these little in the resort hotels, you know, all cooped up. How long do you think twenty to thirty year old men are gonna stay cooped up? In a place not leaving without women or in or in some cases men because we don't know, yeah. but without partners coming in and out the building. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And you cannot tell a twenty-four-year-old that just went to practice, right? Now <laughs> you have twelve more hours or whatever you know time period that you have. To do nothing, what you gonna sit in there and play Fortnite or Xbox? Nah, they they're on the phone, they on IG, they 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 doing the the DMs and everything else, trying to get these women, you know, shipped in. You know what I'm saying? Like these these dudes, man. Even the married people, man. You saw Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl Thomas bugging out here. Like, come on, bro. Like it, the women, the, the women are just you can't stop the you cannot stop a man. A man, you know, craving for his partner. Like I said, women are men, and you can't stop. You just can't stop people, like you said, working class young men, from going to enjoy themselves. It's just you can't stop it. There's no way. So that's and that's that's my other thing. Like what? Like I would love to. I know Adam Silver won't come out. He can't say it like that. But I would love to just be a fly on the wall and just hear these scenarios because it's like it, it's because it's like. All right, while we all get it, it's it, you know it's billions of dollars on the line. Let's just be honest. So yeah. I get why you got you why you have to do it this way. But it, if you tell somebody, hey, we want you to stay in this building, we go feed you three meals a day. Uh, we got suites, rooms. You can't leave. You can't leave the area for the next uh, eight weeks or twelve weeks, or I guess whenever your team gets knocked out. And they go, at, what, what they go have security at the door? Because at, at that point, it becomes more like like what is it slavery? I got yeah. secu- I can't. You got people gripping me up saying I can't leave. Yeah, so what has to happen for the NBA to start? Um, the thing is they have to have testing and they have to have a play site where it's safe for all yeah. the players. So, you know, in the news they had a test site for, I mean, a play site for Vegas and then Disney. It seems like Disney is the winner of all the players going to this play site. So, like we said before, if you're at this play site and then you have time on your hands, you're getting into something. Players is going to leave. Some People are going to come in. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, like you said, it's going to be, oh, you're here. It's going to be slavery. You're going to be locked down for 12 hours then play for another 12 it ain't gonna be like that you can't have it like that the collective bargaining agreement these people like these these players and and the people that over the collective bargaining agreement 
or the Players Association, they're going to be like, nah, that's not happening. No, nah, it's of course. Like, it's, you, like you just said, it's just not It's not happening. And then, I mean, even take it off the funny part of the women coming in, dudes and their families. Like, how you going to tell a dude he can't see his kids and his wife? You know, it's just, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, there's there, you got to cross your T's and dot your I's. Like, I'm, I'm 100% sure it's going to come back. Like, at the end of the day, the players, the NBA, the NBA, PA, there's too much money on the line for everybody. I mean, TV, ESPN, all these people are working together because they all need the money. Yeah. So, it's good. We know it's going to come back. I think that's, that's why I say that. It's just a matter. I think we're all, the real question is, will it be successful? And not to mention even the testing thing, that's another hurdle. Because don't think the NBA is not thinking about that PR battle. Yeah. If if the NBA is, you know, by so much testing to test these guys weekly and things like that, and there's not enough testing to go around in these communities, that doesn't look right. You feel me? Yeah, and we all know. This ain't the 90s no more. The PR battle is more important than what's really going on. Let's just be honest. Like, PR beats that. And if the PR battle looks like these billionaires are, paying, are stealing, are buying all the tests up from lower-income communities that need them, it's just not going to look good. And the NBA, we know Adam Silver, he's pretty – he's versed, well-versed in what's going on. And he's not – he doesn't – he's going to make sure the NBA don't look bad. So that's yeah, another and- hurdle I'm saying, like, there's a lot of, you know, crossing the T's. Yeah, and Adam Silver was so smart in the beginning, he shut it down. Like, who? Yeah. yeah. Like yep, who, yep. He was like, nah, you ain't messing up my money. You know he what I'm shut, saying? Shut like, it down on game night. Remember New Orleans? They was warming up. They was <laughs> warming up. They were, he was like, nah, let's shut it down because in his mind, let's shut it down now because we will start up again. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to put his players in a position for everybody to get sick. He, he He's not going to do that. He's going to shut it down. He's going to, you know, test everybody that needs to be tested. And then they're going to move forward. And I think that when with, with him doing that, that was the smartest move ever. Because everybody else followed him. Yeah, I mean, we saw, there was leagues that was, you know, if I, it's funny, if the NBA doesn't do that, when I was when I remember watching sports at the time, you know, a lot of leagues were still like, they were going to try to keep it going. Like, they were really going to give it a shot. I think the XFL was going to try to keep going. Um, College college basketball, look, they, they played the PR battle. They shut down, but they were going to try to keep that thing going. Yeah, like, they were going. They, they were going. Was they were going to do the tournament and everything. Yeah. It was a few tournament games, and, well, you know, once the articles came out of, you know, putting college kids and, and, and not uh, they're adults, but not, you know, I guess you would call them young adults, putting young adults at risk playing for these colleges and not making no money. Like once that came out, you know, they, like I said, NCAA, they knew they had their hands tied, so they shut it down. But it's funny, like you said, the NBA, Adam Silver does lead the way in, I think, all, all major professional sports. It's just being, you know, he's aware of the climate. He's always aware of what's going on socially, politically, and, you know, I don't know where he stands on things. Not that I even care. I just, I like that he's aware of, he's running a corporation where he knows, you know, I have to factor in the decisions I make with these thoughts in mind. And I think that's what makes him the best one. Because some of these dudes that we've seen, like, to be honest with you, Commissioner Goodell, he gets a lot of bullshit for, what he, for his job. You know, we all know people can get on him every day for his domestic violence and the way he handles the suspensions. But his job, when he looks at his job, he's just trying to please the owner. So he don't really... His job is I'm gonna take the brunt for y'all, and he don't really care about that. Yeah, so that's why the owners pay back. him. See, exactly, they don't understand in business. It's business. He works for the owners. 
and, and so does so does so does um you know what I mean Adam Silver yeah. is that he's he's more he's player more, oriented. Yeah, he and he and it's you know what's funny? He might not even be player oriented. He just knows how to run a business. Yeah. I think he's very smart and I uh, I have to make the owners feel good. I gotta make these players feel good, which is his job. Like that doesn't make him a bad person. It's just that, like I said, I'm using Goodell as, as the you know use the pro and con. Goodell don't care. Yeah. But to be honest with you, he gets paid enough money, and he gets paid <laughs> he gets paid a lot of money. Where his job is just to increase revenue, which he's done, mm-hmm. keep the pressure off the owners, which he's done, yep. and be the figure, be the face of it, which he is. He's the face of all the jokes, all the turmoil. But hey, you don't never hear nobody clowning on Jerry Jones. Nope. So I'm just comparing ownership. It's just funny watching these sports and how they're ran. And, you know, we listen to those reasons out as well. Me and you agree that, you know, Adam Silver would definitely figure it out. And I think overall, it's just a question of will it last? Yeah, like, can, last? can they complete the playoffs? And, and Adam, Adam Silver was behind David Stern for all those years. So he has the 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 teaching and the tutelage of David Stern. So he's been through yeah, RIP. And he's been through all the Jordan error, the every error under David Stern. So he's seen it. So he knows when to shut down, when to pick back up, when to talk, when not to talk. Like, yo, Adam Silver, he's that boy, man. Yeah, Adam Silver. He he knows what he's doing, and like you said, I mean, you, I can't I say the words out your mouth. Like you said it perfectly, David Stern. David Stern was a different type of commissioner, but I mean, at the end of the day, it, this has nothing to do with David Stern dying. He yeah. was he was one of the key figures in reading and leading the NBA to global domination, like yep. leading them to be a global sport. Like that's not I'm not saying none of that because he died. If he was alive. I'd say like David Stern, whether you like him or not, because his dress code and you know how he handed out suspensions and how he maybe would he maybe called in a few games with the ref. <laughs> hey, without David Stern, the NBA is not where it is now. Yeah, the NBA is nothing without David Stern, man. He put a lot of people in the seats, a lot of people, you know, the game overseas. He made it global. He he did a lot for the game. So when do you think the NBA will start again? Uh, I think they have no choice but to get back by July. Yeah, they don't they have, have a choice. To. Yeah, July 1. So, right before we came on, I got a um, alert that the Sixers, which is my team, they're opening up their doors tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, like teams, yeah, a lot, a lot. teams is like, yo, it's time to roll, man. We got to amp it up. Yeah, they got, they got to, they have, they have no choice. I mean, as we know, this is a global pandemic. It's a na- national and it's a world problem. You know, national and world. So. Meaning, there's other sports that are affected. If the NBA waits, you know that now they're gonna be stepping on the NFL, and they don't. I don't, I don't think the NFL would appreciate that. So, yeah. you know, it's it, not that it's anybody's fault. Cause I'm not saying they're blaming the NBA or the NBA would blame the NFL, but it's just the nature of scheduling. And you know, with, it's not just sports. This affects TV scheduling. You know, shows, yeah. movies, every arenas. Yeah, this is all interconnected. You know, so. The NBA don't have no – they have to come back by July. And I mean, like, I, it's weird. I don't like to keep – we keep – or I keep saying it, but they're going to come back. I just hope when they come back, it's 
it's a lot smoother than what it could have. I hope it don't come back. They don't spend this money on this bubble stuff and it just shuts down. Because if it does that, I mean, we're talking about everything being pushed back. The next, like, because that's another. This the ramifications of this are crazy. Like, I would ask you, man. Like, okay, if it comes back, so when's the next season start? And what's the what's the schedule for the rest of the NBA? Do they shorten the schedule? Does the draft change? Like, what do you think? The NBA will have to start. So if they go July, August, chipping September or whatever, they got to start up late November, December. Or maybe January 1, right after the Super Bowl. Like, they, they they have to give time for other sports to thrive. They just can't, you know, um, be in the way of the NFL or be in the way of college football or whatever, what have you. Like, they have to do it right now and stop it right before the NFL season and then pick up after the NFL season. What do you think? I think they. I, I agree. Um, the, the it's gonna have to, like you said, right, right on the Super Bowl. Right, like they're gonna have to run it. This is good. I mean, I'm just thinking of the whole thing now. So I'm speaking it out. You have to have it in July. It's got to be a playoff. I think all that regular season game thing that's got to end. It's just, it's just not. Yeah. Possible. So that was that was gonna be my next question. So how 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 can they start the season and and let it be effective. Um, all 30 teams or just start the playoffs? How do you feel about you gotta, that? Guys, start the playoffs. I, I think the best way to do it is you start the playoffs. If you really, if you really want to include all the teams, you take seeds six through 12 and have them have a playing. If that's like, if you want to include more teams and make it more intriguing, which I think for the viewers, but actually it would do a lot for the viewers to bring viewers in, you have a playoff with seeds with 6 through 12 because now you include more teams. Every You know, that's more TV games. It's more time. And you have a play-in for those last, what is it, that's the 6 through just the last two spots. Yeah. And I think that would be, one, it completes the NBA's mission of wanting the playoffs because we all remember that's what they wanted. Two, it includes more teams. And then it gives the other teams, the teams that, you know, have already solidified their spots for the most part, time to get ready, more training camp, and just, just, I guess it, it, it's, it's funny, man, you're talking about this. There's so many things to think about. We don't want guys getting injured in useless games either. Like, I don't want to see AD get injured playing against the Hawks. Yeah. I just don't want to see Like, what, what will be the point of playing non-playoff teams? Like, you already done. Like, you can just stay home. You can practice. You can get right for the next season. But it's over. Okay, now – you can have those teams, those those um, other teams that's not in the playoffs, and they can play against the playoff teams for exhibition games to get them ready for the playoffs. That's what you can do. You can have teams yeah. practice the other team that's not in the playoffs. That would be more effective than having them play playoff teams and then, like you said, AD get hurt for your Lakers, and then what? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't want to see Kawhi. I don't want to see PG. I don't want to see any of these guys. Ben Simmons, I mean, he's coming up from a back injury and he seems to be good now. I don't want to see any of these guys get injured in games that aren't playoff games just because it ruins the, the quality of the season has already been affected. And if nobody wants to say it, I'll say it. There's already be an actress on this championship. Let's just put it out. It's going to be one. There's an actress on the Spurs one from the lockout season. 
It's going to be one on the Rona season. So we already have that going. The last thing we need is injuries in useless moments. You know useless. what I mean? We, you, you don't want that. So I, I, I agree with you. And my thing is, too, this is the NBA. We don't have to see everything. These guys can scrimmage those teams. You can make it a mandate, hey, if the Hawks or the Magic, or I'm just trying to think of teams who are in the hunt, um, if you guys, if these players want they check, look, I'm sorry, ain't going to be no TV games for them, but we need them to scrimmage the Lakers. Yeah. We need, we need like, how the NFL, when, it, when the NFL has training camp, what do they do for two, was it one week or two weeks of training camp? Don't, don't they bring another team in? Yeah, and they, they scrimmage so, while they practice teams, and then they play a game. Exactly. Tell those teams, hey, for this month, because they're having a month of training camp before the season starts, hey, when you come here, we're going to have you teams, you fly out to wherever, and you're going to be their training partner. Your scrimmage, you guys will work together, you know, just to get legs warmed up, get the spirit of competition. But other than that, I'm with you. I, we, regular season's got to go. We got to jump straight to the playoffs if we can, you know, for the most part. And is the basketball going to be sloppy? Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> that, I'm not putting that on anybody. Yeah, nobody can control it. Yeah. So, all right, let's 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 jump from the current NBA and let's go to the past NBA. So, I know everybody went or sat down and watched The Last Dance, episodes 1 through 10. Um, what were your thoughts on The Last Dance? <laughs> <laughs> well, my thoughts of the last dance was I don't know how much of a Chicago Bulls doc it was. It probably was a his airness, uh, you know, volumes one through ten. It was a Jordan doc, <laughs> but I, I mean, we loved it. Uh, look, let's just—I'll just speak for myself. We—I didn't want to see a doc with ten hours of Bill Wennington, so yeah. I would only watch it if it was Jordan. I enjoyed it. I thought Jordan was very authentic, but I also think. There was some people in there that he didn't make look too good. And I, I think it's, we saw the greatness of why we love Jordan, but we saw a lot of the flaws. You know, I, I'll pass some of that off. I won't go too deep. Yeah, I'll pass it off to you to bounce off. Like, what do you think from, so, like, what you've seen? My thoughts of the last dance, just like you said, it was, what what is it, um, a Jordan um, docu-series, basically. It wasn't <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a a a, a Bulls documentary. It, it it shouldn't have been called The Last Dance, but they pulled us in for that. It was good marketing or whatever. But Jordan was great. He had his flaws, but you seen what it took to be great in the 90s. You seen it. You seen the pain, you seen the sweat, you seen the work he put in, you seen everything, man. Like the the man was a machine. And for that, that like episodes, you know, one through ten, whatever he did or whatever he said or whatever, um, against players and, and how his views were that was his views. Like we said, this documentary or docu-series was only his opinion. It was no one else's opinion. It might have been some people's opinion or whatever that was on the docu-series, like the owners and whatever. they definitely didn't air it. Yeah, they didn't air it. So it was all his input, and it wouldn't have aired unless he had to say so. Yeah, he cleared it. Yeah, it's a fact. So It's definitely, I wouldn't call it a documentary. It definitely wasn't an unbiased view. But, I mean, I'll give Jordan this much. While it definitely is in all of his favor, of course, he said what he wanted to air, 
he was very honest with like with a lot of stuff he didn't have to be honest about. And I think that he um he I think like just the fact that he was still mad at Isaiah Thomas just to use that part. You know, a lot of guys we know and I I'm not trying to point on LeBron from a distance standpoint. We know a lot of guys are gonna think about their image and they'll just say what sounds good instead of like, you know, saying what how they feel. And Jordan did keep it honest for the most part. Which was you know, I mean, you, I can't, he laughed at Gary Payton, man. Like, this dude didn't really care what anybody thought. Yeah. And he still, and, and to me, he still doesn't care about what people think, but he cares about what his friends think about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, the issue with him and Charles Barkley, when Charles Barkley bashed Good him. Good point. Good point. Bashed him on, um, what was it? TNT or whatever saying that he was a bad yeah that he was a bad owner and this and that but if that's your man y'all go um play golf and everything else together you could have just called him and say yo I'm gonna talk about you know this and that you know on my show um I'm just letting you know you ain't even let him know but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit go ahead even still if I'm your friend and you and, and I'll put Charles and Shannon Sharp in the same category, mm-hmm. you know he he had his trouble with Ray Ray Lewis for a second. If I'm your friend and you know my job is to critique, when they bring you up, I mean, yeah, I could give you a call. But after, you can give me a call me, before and after. Yeah, One of the but, two. But if, if I even if I don't, if I keep it a bean, yeah, and we're friends. And, you know, let's say you had a problem and you say something to me. I'm just like, hey, man, you know, they asked me about your job and I told them how I felt. Now, I guess because I didn't tell you that to your face, you could see that as a little bit of a slight. But also, you know my job. Like, I'm a Stephen A type. Like, as far as my job is to, it's opinion and based on facts. The facts are you were doing a good job. And this, I'm not seeking nothing that don't nobody know. Like, so while I understand what you mean, I think, personally, I think MJ, I'll put it this way. I think if you, they both could be a little wrong. So I, I'm not going to say Charles is all the way right, but I don't think that makes Charles wrong. I think MJ also handled it pretty immature, especially when you look at the performance of the uh, of that franchise. Yeah, he, he but MJ really has to look in the mirror sometimes because it ain't always going to be sweet, and ain't nobody going to be kissing your feet. If your team is trash, the trash. And that's that's what it is. If you're a trash owner and if you drafted trash for all those years, someone has to say it. And yes, your your man that 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 you go to the club and 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 gamble with and everything else, that's his job to say it. He had to say it. And for somebody like MJ as we as we've seen on this documentary, he's very opinionated and he's going to stay on his stuff. It is also funny that he reacts like that when you're not on his side. Because that's the one thing I would say. See, somebody like LeBron, who kind of always says the right thing, I can understand LeBron getting pissed off if you if he thinks you're on his side. Like, like, like I think LeBron pays Nick Wright because Nick Wright just loves everything LeBron. But I, so I could understand if Nick Wright was ever like LeBron's a bum, I could see LeBron having an attitude. Yeah. Because LeBron, his persona is always media, whatever. He tries to do everything media friendly, and then he, you know he does the social. The, so he he speaks on certain social issues. That's his thing. Jordan's thing was never like that. Jordan's very much like you like me or you don't. I don't care. Especially you know since, since I'll say since his Hall of Fame speech. To be 
there. So when he was playing, he was like the perfect guy. This is all the fame speech. We've seen the real Jordan. That's who he's, that's, at least that's who he's, he's been as of late. Yeah. So it is funny to me that he reacts like that when people are also straight late. Because it's like, hmm, you seem to be a pretty straightforward dude as far as now. And it's like when guys are straightforward with you, it's, it's like you can't handle it. So you, you've made a good point. It's like, like he can't handle it, but he likes being that person. But to be fair, I mean, you to go, I guess you can make your own rules. Yeah, you can make your own rules. So with this last dance, um, I'm gonna just pull out some points from each, you know, moment that you know crossed my mind and, and rung a bell um, during that series. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about um, is Scottie Pippen's contract. <sighs> And that issue that um, he signed an $18 million seven-year deal. <laughs> Come on, man. Horrible That's a horrible contract. But he gave his reasoning on, you know, he was hurt and he had to take care of um, multiple family members, which, you know, he's from, um, you know, the South. Um, I think Arkansas, where he was from. Yeah, he's a, he's Arkansas. Like one, his mama had like fifty kids or something. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> you know, he, he comes from a down south, southern. You know, yeah, definitely all the way. They live from the bottom. I think he said his brother was paralyzed and his yeah. dad was paralyzed. Scotty came from the mud for real. Yeah, he came from the mud. But um, what I want to say about his contract to me. I don't know who was on his team, you know, like like nowadays, um, LeBron has a whole team that give you analytics on what you will make in year five of your contract or year six of your contract or whatever, you know, the escalating the escalating salary cap and everything else. So I don't know if he had that type of um, um, information back in the day, because if he was just like you said, getting to all-star games and, and doing this and on the dream team and, and doing all of this stuff. It's no way that this guy should have signed that deal. It's no way. That's just to me. Like, if if if, if you were thinking about, oh, I'm going to hurt my back or his back was hurt and he had multiple injuries, okay, um, sign a three-year deal. Sign a two-year deal just to see how you're going to play, how you're going to play out. You wanted the security of what? To me, you're playing like, like the man was the second best player on that team. He was killing. There's no way you should have signed that deal, man. Even everybody, his agent, the the um owner, everybody said that was a bad deal. You ain't go to Jordan and ask him. That was your man. You ain't say, yo, should I sign this or not? That's crazy to me. What, what, what's your take on it's, that? It's, it's a bad deal. They definitely made Scotty look like, you know, country dumb, like just some dude just signing anything. I will say, you know, to, to speak before I go his contract, the documentary, it does seem like it goes out of his way to make Scotty Pippen like a dumbass. Like, yeah. it goes out of his way to make him seem like a selfish dummy. And I can see why he has his problems with the documentary, even though that those things happen. And speaking of the contract, um, you know, it's hard for me to relate fully. Look, I, we wasn't rich growing up. Yeah. And I, I mean, me and my family wasn't rich. 
But also then, you know, I live in the, in the farmland woods with paralyzed dad, brother, and I'm pushing everybody around. Got seven siblings and my mom. So when 18 million looking at you in nine, was it 91, 92, yeah. something like that, 91 summer after the first chip, I can understand, especially since he had a back tweak, why he's like, man, I got to take this bread while it's here. My big problem, you know, my I have a bigger problem with, like you said, one is agent, not maybe shorten it to five. You would think your agent would at least be like, all right, you want security? Let's take four to five. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? I'll, Even let's do three. Four for, yeah, let's do four. I'm just saying, for, he, Scott was worried about his back. He obviously yeah. brought it up. So I, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think if I'm Scott. I'm not trying to think about it as you and me. He obviously was super worried about his back. So if it's that, your agent, his agent should have been like, look, I'm not doing anything more than five, and we should do four. Let's do four for 12. Yeah. Because at that point, at the least, you do the four, and now Scotty's reing up in 90, what, 95, 96, something like that. So it's just, it creates a better, a better avenue for him to get the money he thought he deserved. And, but I mean, it, it's on the owner too. So let's not, let's not skip over Jerry Ronsworth. He wasn't yeah. paying nobody anyway. He wasn't let's paying not nobody, out man. Scotty. Yeah, let's not and let's not single out Jay Cross. I mean Jay Cruz. I Cross. I think I said his name wrong. Cross. But let's not single him out either yeah. because Jerry, Jerry was obviously not liked by many people during his tenure as a GM, and Ronsworth wasn't paying nobody. So it's not only Scotty. It's just he's the big glaring issue because he signed that long contract. But I mean, the only reason MJ got paid the last two years is because he threatened. Yeah, and, and he and. Even MJ got, you know, I mean, even on the way out, it's kind of like they kicked MJ. It's kind of like they, they they kicked him out the door. I don't think MJ got a graceful – it wasn't as graceful as we all thought. It was more like, hey, we rebuilding, and if you want Phil Jackson, then you can go too. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So you just brought up Jerry Krause. So my, my next, um, you know, um, point or whatever through that episode that I wanted to point out was – Jerry Krause and his power issues of wanting to have power of the team. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? I think Jerry Krause reminds me a lot of the fat dude from space jam. I just, I think that, uh, that man wanted power and he just felt like, you know, MJ was such an enigma to all our lives. I mean, he's the reason we all picked up a basketball to a degree. I just think he he felt like he wasn't getting the shine he deserved. But to be fair, you a GM, man. I mean, RIP to Jerry Krause. I'm not saying this. I'm not trying to disrespect his legacy, you know, of any fan members or nothing like that. I'm just I'm just solely speaking on his time with the Bulls. You a GM, bro. Like, you're not out there shooting hoops. Why would you even think that the fans are going to adore you? Like, what, what GM do you – what GM you ever seen that the fans boost up on their shoulders at the end of a championship? None. And some as a some, GM, some fans don't even know the GM. <laughs> some fans don't even know what they GM looks like. They yeah. might know the name. They don't even know what they look like. <laughs> yeah, this dude, man, he he wanted so much power. Like, just chill out. Just build the team and, and get your chips and, and just, you know, slide off in the sunset. This dude wanted so much power. Like he wanted so much recognition. Yeah, he, it's like he wanted power and recognition. Yeah, he he wanted to be on the cover of a magazine. It's like, dude. And the craziest thing is, is that in the oxymoron of this is, any other GM that would have won six rings, 
would be enshrined. Like the NBA, they wouldn't be able to stop talking about him in sports, in sports, you know, movies and sports documentaries. And, but he was so volatile, volatile in his in, when he was doing it that it's like he. I can't think of any other GM that has six championships that's remembered in negative light. And the thing is, he actually wasn't a bad GM. <laughs> he was a good yo. He was a good GM, man. Like that dude did very well. He constructed two three peats, man. Yeah. Like who ain't nobody do that. And no put, GM. I mean, putting the right players around Jordan at the right times in his career. I mean, uh, I mean, we just did the bad Jerry Krause, so we I see where we go. We go do the good now too. Yeah. Finding people to put around Jordan, I know everybody thinks it's easy. I know everybody thought it was like he's so great. Uh, I'm a, let's just give these let's just give these people a little bit of a new flash. Jordan didn't win until ninety one. He he came in the NBA eighty four. Yeah. But that's some years of losing with a guy scoring 30, 35, 28, 31, MVP. 69. Here, champ, yeah. And champ here in law. Yeah. These are the same things we bashed our Kobe's, our LeBron's. You know, we bashed our KD's. We bashed all our stars for this. So let's not let's not make Jordan's myth seem like something it wasn't. Like it took Jerry Krause to look at that and say, how can I craft a team and fire a coach and bring in somebody else that could get to Jordan? Because it's not like Doug Collins is a loser coach. They just went to Eastern Conference Finals. That's a bold-ass move. Yeah, that was a bold move. And he's seen it. Like, his 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 his, his thinking and how he's seen the future. Like, that – yo, Jerry Krause was a bad boy, man, as a GM. Yeah. And it sucks that, you know, he it had a lot of his, I guess, the way people think about him was brought on by himself. That's why it's so, it's so crazy that, you know, to draft Scottie Pippen, to draft Horace Grant, so, you know, to then, to then let Horace Grant walk because you feel like, okay, he's not worth the money that he wants. And then bringing a guy that nobody in the NBA would touch. That's another, that's another myth. Dennis Rodman was great. That's not, that's not a lie. But at that point in his career, didn't nobody want part of Dennis Rodman. He no. just, I mean, David Robinson hated Dennis Robinson. Like, let's just get it out there. Like, Dennis, David Robinson, the, you know, the perfect NBA good guy, could not stand club rat, drinking, hair dyed Dennis Robinson. And nobody wanted to touch him. But who touched him? Who, who said, you know what? I think we can make it work over here. Yeah, and he made it work. Hold on. We, we missed one acquisition. That Jerry Krause did that changed the landscape of the NBA. Going overseas yep, and looking at Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc is the original Luka Doncic. He's the original Dirk Nowitzki. Like, he's the guy who was over there. He was a superstar. He was EuroLeague MVP. He was all that. He Yo, his, his game would translate right now. That's what we t- like, yo, Tony Kukoc was so nice. Left-handed, yep. handle, can shoot the three, 6'10", post he, up. Yeah. He ain't had no yeah, D. He, he, he ain't had no yeah, D. He had no, he had no D. He had no, but he could, I mean, he was a problem. Like you said, he was before his time. Like, and, and that was back when dudes would stay overseas for like four years before they came over. So yeah. it makes me think what he could have been like if he would have came over in 92. Yeah. 
And Jerry Krause was over there. Like, he was watching his games. Like, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. And then they drafted him knowing he's going to be still over there for a year or two. That's crazy. Like, he drafted him like, yo, we're going to draft this dude, but we're going to stash him because I went over there and I seen about him and he was killing. So they stashed him. Yeah, that was, and that was not common. Back. Like, that was not common. I mean, to, 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 to show how uncommon it is, just think about how much shit the Dallas Mavericks took for taking dirt. Yeah. Like, they took a lot of shit. And yep. dirt came over. And Dirk came over, and they was like, "Who this dude?" And Dirk came over though, like, yeah, right away. So Jerry, I just just think of how forward thinking that is. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, Tony, he had a long career. He was he and he was an integral part of those three chips. It wasn't like he was just there. He was a six man. He was give he would get buckets. He come on. I mean, they, he to speak highly of Jerry. He just had a good team. He knew he knew the players, and for all his faults and forever how much he did end up hating Phil Jackson towards the end, he let Phil coach that team. That's another thing too. Uh, we we we've all seen the infamous owner GM that wants to have his hands in everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. He wasn't that. You know, he I guess he had his hands in contract wise. He didn't want to pay certain people, but he let Phil coach the team. I mean, and maybe that was because he wanted to. Maybe that was more or less Jordan. You know, holding, putting his foot down, but whatever it's worth, I mean, six rings is six rings, bro. And, six I, and rings I will is say, six rings. While he don't deserve maybe the credit he 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 wants, that don't mean he don't deserve credit. Yeah, you got to give credit when credit's due. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we we're gonna talk about the bad, but we gotta give his flowers too. The man was a bad man when he constructed a team. He knew what he was doing. Hell yeah! I mean, yeah. It, it, so when, it, I think we've seen with players like LeBron and Kobe, I'm just thinking of great scores and great mm-hmm. and just enigma players. You have to have a GM that knows how to put the team. Because when you're that great, sometimes it could be to a default, like where you don't have the right pieces that you need. Like Kobe needed different players around than LeBron did. That's, you know what I mean? Everybody needs certain players. And that's speaks for hey, Dirk. Dirk needed a different team. Dirk needed a team that was really good defensively to offset his defensive limitations. Yep. And that defensive team, and yeah, you, you have three-point shooters around, but he was the main offensive focus, Dirk. Yep. And nobody could stop him on the block with the fadeaway, with the one leg. Who can stop him? He's seven he should, foot. I mean, yeah, he was unstoppable. He was unstoppable. I mean, hey, I know I'm not trying to get too off track, but I mean, we saw what happened. I mean, when Dirk took LeBron down to that, that block, down to that little 15, 20-foot range, over. Before LeBron, you know, I guess figured it out, it was a wrap. Like yeah. if Dirk had you on that that island in his prime, you were done. Yeah. It was you might as well just give it up. Yep, you got to give it up. So another section of um, the Last Dance that I want to talk about is the flu game. How, what was your thoughts on the flu game when they came out and said it was some pizza? I still think Jordan got drunk. I think Jordan was at the he was at the Mormon casino. He got a little too tipsy, and he might have ate some bad food with it. Um, I, 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 overall, I'm not buying the story of the, the four dudes showing. I just, just don't buy it because it, it, through time it, it went from being two dudes, and then now it's four in a documentary. Uh, I think. Look, I think Jordan was just drunk. I think Jordan had a bender. I think he hated Utah. I think that's also, but, but. If you if you go play devil's advocate, I will have to, I have to I have to put the other side of it out too. 
Jordan was notorious for gambling, drinking, and smoking, you know, cigars all the time anyway. So the devil's advocate would say he does it all the time. He's always fine. So yeah. why this time would, would he be drunk and sick? And, I, you know, I'm saying I, give, I will give you that. That's just my opinion. Though. I'm not buying none of that for people with the pizza. That's just me. You know what I think happened? What's up? I think they had some hookers in the room, <laughs> and they was getting it in. All his people were getting it in with these hookers, and the hooker got him sick. Come on, you blame it. You blaming it on the pizza, bro? Come on, man. It was it, it was a flu game for a minute. It was a flu game. Oh, he had the flu. This and that. They said that for years, and now it's a pizza. It had to be something else. It either, like you said, he was on that bender. And he got drunk, and he was gambling all night, or it had to be something else. And yeah, I might have took it. I might have took it extreme with the hookers or whatever. But somebody <laughs> got him sick. Jordan was on the tender of his time. He was on the pages. <laughs> <laughs> but he was on I, I will say this on the OnlyFans page back in the oh, day, God. getting it. <laughs> I will say this though, because this dropped today. As we're speaking, when this podcast drops, as people will know. Jordan not always telling the truth, nah. Because he already said he 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 really he was adamant, adamant on the documentary. Not just him, but Rod Thorne, David Stern. Yep. they were all adamant that I didn't say anything about Isaiah being on that team. Now I might not have won them, but I never voiced it. I never man, got we knew Jordan had his hand in that. He hated he, Isaiah. We, Come on, we all knew. But did it, but like I said at this podcast, y'all will see it. Y'all, y'all have seen the news by the time this drops. The, the audio, we have audio. We don't just have manuscript. We The audio came the out. audio Jack came out. Jack McCullum was probably on Jordan's uh, hit list right now. He, Jordan probably got the goons at his crib because he put the audio out for the world to hear. Jordan said, I said, I'm not playing if Isaiah on the team. And they told me Chuck don't want him anyway. And RIP Chuck Daly, but man, if, if Chuck really said that, it makes me feel the way. Yeah, how how Chuck how Chuck gonna do that to one of his players? A player who bought him two rings. Dang, Chuck. That's but messed up. He's not here. Yeah. I don't want to speak ill on the dead because he's not here to defend himself. And I use that and anybody that died, I always say that you're not here to defend yourself and speak your side. So I don't want to go too in. But I'm just like I agree with you. If this is true, it makes me feel a way about Chuck Daly. Yeah, that's that's just bad, man. That's just bad. But to go to that game, and what I pulled from that game that Jordan played, um, when Scotty's back um, stiffened up, which I didn't even know. Scotty was out there rocking when I was watching the game Yo, during during that know. time. I ain't even know. I didn't know either. And I I don't know if the doc I don't know if he pointed that out to kind of make Scotty look bad. I'm not look, I'm not saying he did. No, Scotty was on there saying that he couldn't go. He said, no, no, it. "I'm talking about I don't know if MJ. You know, I'm talking about the way they scripted it. I don't oh, know okay. If it was scripted to make MJ look like a god amongst men. And I'm not like I said. I'm not saying what MJ was doing either. But I'm just saying personally, man, I actually respected Scotty a lot more for that. Yeah, that was just me personally. For all the bad for everything in the documentary that was bad and I, it was bad. I actually was like, man. It was like we knew how bad his back was. We, we saw, like, you know, they showed us stuff we didn't see on TV. Being in the locker room, they they trying to stretch his back. They got the they got all the wires hooked up to mm. it, trying to warm it. I was like, damn, Scotty was, he was fighting. He was fighting, and he was scoring. 
And then, like, yo, he was, he was, he was bad off, and he was still balling. I'm like, oh my god! And then you see Jordan; he can't even move out there. He he was missing stuff, and then he just got that that the Holy Ghost in him, and just was I, yeah, balling. We, we saw we saw what made Jordan the goat. We that, yeah. like that's the thing for all the bad and good about MJ too. Him in that category, and yeah, we just called him a liar, <laughs> but. Beyond yeah. that, on that court, I mean, look, man, I know y'all love LeBron. I'm even a Kobe fan. I'm a yeah. self-proclaimed Kobe fan. But ain't nobody touching MJ. Yo, and, at, MJ. And, and I'm going to tell you this. At one point, I said, man, LeBron is better than Jordan. He was my number one, right, oh, for a minute, oh. right? You must have been sipping E&J. Yeah, I might have been, been sipping. But once I seen that, how that man played in that game, them them last whatever, what was it, 13 seconds or something, how he, how he stole the ball. Shout out to Bob Costa. Yo, <laughs> the man, yo, that boy, yo, he made the point. What was it, free throws or whatever? Or no, it was a layup. He, it was a layup. Yeah, he, he made a tough, it was a tough layup. Yeah, too. it was a tough boy. He he threw that joint high off the, the floaty, high off the glass. Boom, went in. Then he came over. And his IQ, his basketball IQ is still there. So he said, oh, I knew that he thought nobody was on that side. Karl Malone was not, you know, didn't think no one was on that side. He stole the ball from Karl Malone. And then he came down. No timeout. That's a good coach. You don't call timeout. Good coach. Good, good yeah. coach. Right there, through that, he let his players play. That's what I'm talking about. So he came down, and then the crossover, when they when they said, oh, he pushed off, I looked at it again. Nah, he ain't pushed off. He a little My, guided I, him. He guided I, him, but and it was no push off. But that was a clean, smooth cross, like an AI cross. He crossed him. You know, oh, my for me? God. I think he pushed off, but here's my, I don't have a problem with the push off. That's like, that's always been my thing. See, when I say the push off, I don't mean like, oh, he pushed off and, he, and that's the reason. No, he's correct. Brian Russell was already going to the left yeah. or the right. He was already going. Jordan just eased him to it. That's just my take. But I think Brian Russell it, touched earth, didn't he? Yeah, he tapped yeah, the ground. Jordan, it was like, if Jordan crosses over without, without putting his hand on his side and pushing off, Brian Russell gets crossed. He gets crossed and yeah. his hands touch the ground. I think the push helped basically instead of his hands touching the ground, it made him like buckle. But what I'm getting is he was getting crossed either way. Like Jordan was getting that shot off clean. Yeah. That's my argument. So to me, the push off isn't relevant. Man, it's I like, seen that in real time, bro. <laughs> I seen that Jordan in real time. I was watching the game that year in real time. When he hit that Jordan. It was where, no, where you was at? I yeah, was in the crib. I was in the crib. All right. The, How big was the TV? Man, that TV was probably like a 19 tube inch <laughs> TV. I'm sitting there. My mom loved Jordan, bro. Like no, HD. Mom, no, no HD. No HD. Man, probably fuzzy and everything. My mom loved Jordan. Like she was a Jordan fan. Like the, the first three chips. Then after that, when he came back, she was happy. You know, she loved Jordan, bro. So we watched, that's all we watched was basketball, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. So me and her just sitting there. We watching the game. We watched the whole series. So we sitting there. He come down. You already knew what it was. I said, yeah, he making this. I already knew it. 
you you felt it in your bones. He gonna win it. So he came down when he crossed him. I said, "Ooh," because you know I'm an Iverson fan. I said, "Ooh," he crossed him. Then he when he went up there and then he left the the hand up. I said, "It's nothing but net." It was like nothing but net. He was he, he was a he, that boy was a, like what they what they call what he call himself. Uh, don't mess with Black Jesus. Black, Black Jesus, Jesus, bro. The Black Cat. He was. Yeah. The I'm, black I mean, cat, just to reiterate, just to reiterate, because it's so great, and I, I mean, this is, we all have our own views of it. That last 13 seconds for me is, it's the definitive of being a great player, because Phil, when Phil speaks on it, he says MJ came to me in what game two or three. If I could be wrong, he said game two or three. MJ comes to me and says they keep running this play where Carl gets on the block. But he said, and I'm seeing the weakness because we're not because we don't rotate. He knows nobody's there. Yep. And he said, and Phil was just like, I told him to save it. I told him to save it for a good time. And it just shows the the continuity of having a great coach and a great player on the same page. Cause he says, I didn't tell Jordan to do it. He said, but I when he I knew when he was gonna do it. He said when Carl got the ball, it was like we had a like he said, Oh, Jordan's about to do it right now. He ran off the screen, stole the ball. I think it's another – I point out my small thing. Go ahead. If Carl Malone doesn't fall so hard trying to sell the foul, I think they he maybe they can slow it up a bit and yep. make the Bulls fall the time out. Yeah. I think he him trying to sell that, that foul flopping. really fucked – it, it fucked the Utah up. Yeah, and, flopping. And then another – and I'm going to bring another point. Another little low-key part from this game. What the hell were the Jazz running? Because they had five seconds left. What play was that? I don't know. They had like three to five seconds. All they did was they came, they had John Stockton come off the screen and shoot a bad three. I'm like, Jerry Sloan, RIP. What was like, you would think the second year playing the Bulls. This is the first time. Yeah. The second year, you've already faced a game winner with Jordan once and then a game winner with Kerr. You faced two game winners last series. You you not running no last second out of bounds like all that training camp y'all not y'all y'all don't got no you know late late game Look, tactics man, I mean the great high school ball we had late game tactics yeah the greats never lock up in crunch time I'm telling you if it's a coach if it's a player they don't lock up they love that shit man and what happened yeah, you gotta with have the, a- what happened with the Jazz was Jerry Sloan locked up. And Carl Malone locked up. That's what happened. He thought it was sweet. He ain't look. Carl Malone is is. It wasn't too good on Carl Malone either. He he definitely didn't look very. Uh, his 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 clutch gene was exposed. It yeah. just was like, man, Carl Malone really don't. And he was the MVP I mean? of the league that year. That was bogus. Yeah, that was bogus. <laughs> Man, no, don't get me wrong. Carl Malone was a bad man. He had that jumper on the 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 wing. What was it? Yeah. The baseline jumper. Oh my he like gosh! A, he, he like a baseline big man fade. It was like his own little yeah. Fadeaway the jumper. baseline jumper, and then he had and that the wing jumper. Yeah, the elbow. That what? he used to hit the that elbow. Jump. They. I mean, I remember growing up. They called it the Carl Malone drill. Like, yo, work on your elbow. Carl Malone. He was just. He was unstoppable from them, them yeah. fifteen footers. It was a wrap. But he was soft. Malone was soft, man. 
He ain't one dunk. No he he ain't one dunk. No, 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 no. He was soft, man. He ain't one dunk on you. He ain't one bang it. He ain't one do all that. Sometimes he did do it, but then sometimes he shoot that jumper. That's it. He ain't one. He ain't one get dirty, man. He was soft, man. Yo, Carl Malone was soft, man. You you gotta yo you gotta see. I call it how I see it. Carl Malone was soft. He ain't one get dirty all the time. Sometimes he went down low and he did his thing, but most of the times he wanted to be on the wing like a stretch four. He would be a stretch four in this game. He don't want to get dirty. He's shooting jumpers, man. That's what he did. And the only time that he would go to the lane or do a layup or a dunk was the pick and roll when they everybody sagged on John Stockton. Then he get that little drop to the lane. Come on, man. I'm lying. I, I just wouldn't call him soft. I think Carl Malone. If I don't, I don't, I'm definitely not trying to get on a praise Carl Malone train here, but he <laughs> had a long career. Yeah, you know what I mean and. By that point in his career, just like MJ, he was a different guy. He wasn't the same athletic Carl Malone that could get in there and dunk and all that. And I think I will have to give credit to this. I mean, he extended his career probably an extra seven seasons of, yeah. of high performance, averaging 20 points a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, But he I was think, in I great mean, shape, I, though. Oh yeah, that's, that's that country. That's saying. that country strong man. He, he, he <laughs> eating them biscuits, timber. man. That's that, that timber. Down, yeah, like he eating biscuits and, and hunting deer. yeah, hunting deer, eating fish and all that, man. Well, that's what I he wouldn't did. call him soft. I think he was a different player by '98 than what he was in '91. Like I think there was a time when you didn't want to be near Carl Malone when them elbows were swinging. He was going to the rack and, and doing his dunk. Yeah, I think at that point, I mean, shoot, if we're being and we go keep it a bean, just like MJ. MJ wasn't the same MJ that three feet that he was in '91. You know yeah. what I mean? He was he he was dunking on you, but it wasn't the it wasn't the prime MJ. Like he was kind of sneaking, getting you know sneaking, yeah. getting you with the you know like he got Matumbo. It was it, he was getting you, but it was more of a Minecraft more than like just pure raw athleticism. You know, so I give Carmelo credit for recreating this game and extending himself. I think he was just mentally fragile. Yeah. I think he was a dude, when it came down to crunch time, he was, it was too mental. I mean, he couldn't hit free throws. You couldn't give it. To, you couldn't give him the ball with the game on the line. Stuff like that, to me, that's what defines you from being like, yo, I like you, to like, yo, you're one of the GOATs. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's the difference between somebody like Clyde Drexel, Clyde Drexel and Michael Jordan. Like, Clyde got two rings, but I don't give Clyde those rings because he was such a great player. I give Clyde those rings because he was a good complimentary player. Like, he's a good star. Yeah, he was on his last leg then. He was almost yeah, done. And, and he fit next to Elijah. You yeah. know what I mean? He was good, he was but he good. fit. There's a difference between fitting on a roster and being the focal point. And that's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, he was the I right hand Carl, killer. Man, he never yeah. went left, man. He just, he put his head down. He went right every time. Like, you can shut Clyde Drexler down. He can get shut down. He couldn't go left at all. Yeah, I think. So that's 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 just my outlook on Carl. But Jerry Sloan, man, I mean RIP. I think I think he's one of the better coaches in NBA history. This isn't like no slander. I'm not like purposely saying nothing about him. But boy, that last second, that last second box score call that you had, like for for the for the dub for the chip. Yeah. Come on, man. You can't you, you can't just be running John Stockton off the screen. Shoot a back. It's got to be some flares. Maybe a back screen. Maybe get Jeff Hornacek on the court. There was just so many looks. And I'm like, that's what y'all came up with? Yeah, that was that was bad. So my last thought 
on the last dance, how many more years could Jordan go after that 98 season? What's your thoughts on that? I gave him two more seasons. I think Jordan had two more high-performance seasons in him. Um, he obviously came back after two seasons off and, and with the Wizards, and he was a lesser version of himself. But, I mean, he was still 20 points a night, 40 years old, so I ain't going to sit here and go too hard on a man. Yeah. Um, I think he had at least two seasons and one probably – one possible ring. I say one possible mean like maybe they defend the ring and they lose, you know, or they get to the Eastern Conference final. Like he had one elite season and then one other like I'm gonna drop 25 a game, but you know I'm I'm, I'm starting to fade out, which is fine. Everybody, you, you can retire. Everybody don't retire with with, with the chip in their hand. So, but I think he could have maybe squeezed out one more championship, maybe. But he definitely had two seasons in bat of basketball, like just getting some getting some run. What about you? Um, I'm with you. I think he had two more seasons left in him, maybe three. I'll give him a – he would have signed it if he would have signed a three-year deal or something or just went three years, you know, that, that second and third year he might have scored um, in that second year 25 and then in that um, third year maybe 22 or 21. He would have still been effective, um, an effective player. But, yeah, I think they would have – um, won one chip. If he would have came back for two more years or three more years, he would have got one just because of his smarts and um, the knowledge of the game. And if he would have worked with Jerry Krause to say, these are the players that I need to win one more, I think that they could have won one more. But see, Jerry Krause was that type of guy where he wanted all the credit. And so when he said, oh, this is their last run and they wanted to rebuild, that's what happened. And, you know, we talked offline and we're saying that what type of GM wouldn't want to run it back? It's too much money. It's too much money involved. Like if 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 Golden State just won a chip, just won three back to back, you think that that owner, that GM is going to say, no, nah, we're going we gonna to rebuild again? No, they running it back. Yeah. They, I mean, like I said, we, we said earlier in the thing, it, they they basically, Jordan's retirement isn't what I remembered. I thought it was graceful, but just looking at it, it wasn't graceful at all. They kicked him out the door. Yeah. That is really what it was. And, Which and, is and I think I've seen something, someone like, um, yeah, Jordan's out. Um, he wasn't in shape. And yo, that dude was shredded in '98, man. Who was looking at him? He ain't had no stomach, no nothing. That man was Jordan, ready. Jordan not in shape. I could, I, I could understand if they, somebody would have said he was exhausted from yeah. three straight long. Somebody playoff said runs. he wasn't in shape. He he had a beer belly and everything else. What were they looking oh, at? Oh hell no, Jordan. It is one thing he was serious about. It was his training regimen. I yeah, mean, that I mean, man he, trained. He, we, we all know he's legendary. I mean, he's the standard yeah. for you know the Kobe's, the Dwayne Wade's, all those guys, the LeBrons. Like he, he's the guy who started that whole like, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be the hardest worker on top of my talent. Um, yeah, it's that that I, I can't even. I don't have a good comment for that. Jordan was in shape. Yeah, I, he now, was and, in shape. But definitely, reason why I say one possible ring is because the exhaustion. I, I think it kind of goes into the thoughts of people being 
talking like, oh, Jordan's retired. He wins eight straight. I don't believe that. I'm like, I'm not so sure Jordan could have did eight straight summers of, you know, playing from, what is it, November or yeah. October to June. That's a lot. That is a I lot. I mean, we've seen LeBron do it. We've seen Steph Curry and the Warriors do it. Um, we saw Kobe do it twice. He went to three straight finals with Shaq, and he went to three straight with the Lakers the second time. They won two, two or three. And we've seen how that, I mean, those guys, we've seen this, how it goes. Like, one, nobody ever wins more than three. And two, it's just that it's hard. It's hard on the body. It's hard yeah. on the body. It's hard to stay focused during the season because now you start, you start, you know, basically you're just looking forward to June. Like, I can't even take the season serious. I, I, it's exhausting. So, I'm not sure Jordan could have won eight straight then. So it's hard for me. But I'm thinking, okay, he just won three straight on the back end. We're on 98. Maybe he could squeeze one out in 99. But it wouldn't have been sad. It wouldn't have been impossible for me that they in 99 they lose to the Knicks or something. Like, just because, yeah. you know, they had an older team. Even even um, 99, they wouldn't have beat the um, Indiana Pacers. Pacers was nice. Yeah, 99, I mean, 2000. As, Yo, they were we, nice. As we saw, you know, Jordan gave the Pacers their, you know, he gave them their flowers. And uh, and we, we they gave the Bulls a lot of trouble. Reggie, Damn. I mean, Reggie gave guys trouble. I, 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 funny, I tweeted this that night. Reggie might be cornball. Reggie might be like one of the corniest dudes that you hear talk as far as like you think of NBA stars. But Reggie carried that state of Indiana on his fucking back. Yeah, he carried let's, them. Let's not, let's not ever... Confuse it or forget it. And that was Mike Mann, Reggie yep. Miller. They was cool. Like that's crazy. He, I think I, I think he was. I think Jordan, as we all seen, you know, not to dig too deep and start too long with convos, but we Jordan respected people who worked hard. Yeah. I think anybody that watched Reggie Miller, we know he squeezed every ounce of juice. You know, what I mean, of whatever he was going to provide because he wasn't the highest jumper. He wasn't. He didn't have a flashy crossover like. Reggie Miller is not the you know, basketball specimen, but he worked his ass off. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's definitely the best version of himself. There's no doubt that to me that Reggie Miller, what we saw was the the best version of Reggie Miller. Like, he, he squeezed every ounce of juice out of his talent. Yeah, he did. So now let's fast forward to the current NBA. Um, the NBA draft delay since it was pushed back. Um, it would be in June right now. Um, there were talks about the draft being August or September. Um, with the season starting in July, they will have to push back, you know, this um, NBA draft. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, they have to. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a big comment. They have no choice. I mean, we got to get the season off the ground. Got to push the draft back. I think – the thing I, I think of with that is one, this isn't the this is probably one of the least talented drafts we've seen in a while. Yeah. And then two, with the draft, after you draft these guys, how long do they have to work out and get acclimated to the you know, so when the season starts again if, if they're if they're trying to start and not uh, you know, intertweet or try to, you know, intertwine with the NFL. So that to me is the interesting part. How do you bring the new guys in, get them acclimated in a couple of months and then force them right back on the court? But uh, I think talent-wise, I mean, outside of the top probably three, four guys, this draft, and even the top three or four guys, I, don't, I mean, I don't think anybody has them as franchise, you know, LeBron-esque, Carmelo-esque guys. Yeah. But outside of them, it's like this draft's weak already. Yeah, on top and this of the is going to be like 
You're going to get your role players. You're going to get your bench. You're going to get your bench right. Like, I, I don't see none looking like stars. Um, it could be something, you know, diamonds in the rough, as they say. But like you said, it might be one of the weaker drafts that we've seen. And it's no fault on the players. It just That's just the type of draft it might be. So the 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 next topic is the um G the G League emergence with paying out big money to get these top talented high school players to play in the G League. What's your thoughts on that? I think I, I think Adam Silver got to give credit being innovative. You know, making the first move when nobody wanted to make it. Play, you know, I think it just shows more the instability in NCAA, man. Really, really not even from the speech much of D League. It shows so much of the instability in NCAA to the fact of you got what two or three guys that jump over and they sign those deals right after they do that. What's the NCAA do? Like, what do they do right after? Yeah, they, they say, oh, they want to make pay. off the court money. Yep. And that right there, if that doesn't deter a guy, or I shouldn't say deter, I wouldn't say that, but. If that doesn't make you show you what the NCAA is all about, then that, you know, then you just not watch. Like, you're not reading the TV. Because they've been saying this whole time that we don't want to pay guys and take away from the amateurism of the sport and how are we going to divvy up the money or how we make it work for the – like, they made so many what if, how, 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 and as soon as three top prospects jumped, it came down immediately. They made it work. Immediately. So, it's like this isn't this was never about the players. It was never about – college athletes, scholars, and education being important, as if we ever believe that. It's about money, and they just wanted to keep it for themselves. I think now what the G League offers is what's been happening for the last probably 10 years anyway. Yeah, about 10. Guys are going overseas and coming over, right? But the problem is, you know, not everybody wanted to go five, ten thousand million miles away, you know? So people were doing it. It just wasn't happening. It was happening, but not at a large rate. But now with the G League, when you create something like that at stateside, why would I, you know, if I'm going to break my leg for some guys, why break my leg at Duke yeah. when I can get an insurance policy for a million dollars? That's it. When I can break my leg at the G League, if I'm if I'm a top prospect, I can break my leg at the G League with a $200,000 contract. But at the very least, I got I got sponsorship money and I got the NBA contract money and I don't got to go through no hoop. Like with the insurance policy, we always hear about them. We all know how that works. There's so many hoops through that. Like, they only pay out if you don't play basketball. You know, stuff like that. It's like, you know what? Let me go get this guaranteed money. Let me And let me also, now I don't got to spend those mandatory four hours in class. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm working out all day with pros. Yeah. And, and to me, what I think of the G League's emergence, it's, it's going to be a – it's bigger than just signing – these um high school players this will be an avenue for high school players to come straight to the league you know what i'm saying so now you're not yeah. going to just come straight to the league like back in the day now it's going to be oh you got to play a stint in um the g league to come straight to the league just like the minor leagues you know how you know people come from you know high school to go you know to play baseball but they have to go into the minors triple a double a or whatever and then they come up 
I think this is just going to be an avenue which they're going to play. They're going to pay these players, but it's going to be an avenue to give them a better transition than in the past. And then the, the NCAA, they're just trying to catch up to the big dog. That's all. But they've been going through, you know, um, lawsuits and everything else and nothing happened then. But once a top recruit, um, from high school, signs on a dotted line, signs um, a G League deal, and then gets an endorsement deal from a sneaker. They trying, they trying to cut into that. So w- what's going to happen? Uh, a person from the NCAA, a football player or a basketball player, that's so nice. Now they can get a shoe deal. Now that's what they're saying. Like w- what's going to happen? And to me, if the N- NCAA will play, will pay. Um, student athletes they need to give money back to the fab five they need to give money back to these other players ucla <laughs> and everybody else if they're gonna start playing you, players that's not fair to them yeah that's not they, they made so much money off the fab five that's not right all that money i mean they've they been making money for years you know what i mean it just it just makes i mean it's just to think about and, and, and i mean it really makes you think about football you know, it's funny. Like, everybody's thinking about football more than anything. We all know the college football is just financially. I mean, yes, the, the March Madness is big, but we know the college football playoffs and the conference. Oh my god, it's like uh, it's basically like washing money. It's just so much money that you can't even see. You're just drowning in it, and you just got these big and yes, I'm gonna say it. You got these big black guys working hard, hot summers, two a day. They don't get paid. You know what I mean? So. I think the NCAA is just they're getting muscled into having to pay these dudes. And if, and it's good for the football guys. You're going to bring that up because mm-hmm. if the NCAA does it for basketball, they're going to have to do it for football too. They can't separate. They can't, like, you know, say, hey, football players don't deserve it. Because we all know the NFL, there's no other league. There's no overseas league for football. So I'm not trying to switch the convo. I'm just making a yeah. point of I think this is a good thing. Like, I, I think the G League is going to, one, force the top prospects just like overseas mm-hmm. to bring it up and to switch gears too. Luka Doncic was playing pro ball since he was 15 years old. Yeah. Why the hell should there not be an American league where if, if we're look look just to make examples, we were looking at LeBron since he was 15. We were looking at Michael Beasley and KD and all these guys and look look at LeBron's son. LeBron's son had national televised games freshman year. Yeah. So if that's the case, if we're gonna put these dudes on that scale, why not create something, you know? where they can just play pro ball and play, you know, whatever you want to call it, triple-A, double-A, which I think mm-hmm. is the intention of the G League. Like, when you bring it up, that's, you're right. The first step is going to be now you draft these high school guys and you don't have to – we're not dealing with the Kwame Browns of the world and Quintel Woods of the world mm-hmm. so much. Like, now you can bring them along slowly. And if they acclimate, okay, cool, we bring you up. If you don't, okay, whatever, you're still a flop, but at least it's not – you're not throwing these guys directly into the fire. Mm-hmm. Like – we, you can be a pro for two years in G League. We'll, yeah. we'll draft you out of senior. You you come in, you work out for a year. It's like a red shirt year. Next year you play, and now boom, because that's what's happening. I mean, that's what the guys are doing. Like that, that's what Brent, Brandon Jennings basically played high school ball, took a red shirt year overseas, averaged six seven points a game, and then he got drafted. Yeah, like that's what's happened. So it's not any different. It's just gonna be stateside, and I think the NBA, they're doing again. Adam Silver. I don't know this is this isn't a, a you know. Praise Adam Silver podcast, but he's a good he's a good commissioner, and I think he's thinking about these things. Like yeah. 
let's create our own system, our own farm system. Like, why not? Why, yeah, why like, not? And this, why does Chris, this, Chris that Porzingis play pro ball from 16 up? Yeah. You know what I mean? And we can't do something like that over here. Yeah. And just to touch on um, the college athlete where, yeah, we have these black, big, strong, you know, men that they're making money off of. And they're also making money off of Latinos and, you know, um, Caucasian men as well. Because, you know, um, Peyton Manning was the face of Tennessee football. You know what I'm saying? They made, they made hella money off of Peyton Manning all those years, and he didn't get paid. So it, it, it's all around the board, man. Like, th- these kids are are doing two-a-days, slaving and doing their thing, and they're not even getting paid for it. You mm-hmm. should I, – I'm. I, we go we, we go make it real simple right here. Mm-hmm. If I'm – if I'm working more than eight hours a day mm-hmm. and I'm bringing in on their scale, I'm bringing in millions of dollars for a school, for any corporation, you know, I'm with you got a school, bring a million dollars for every, any corporation, Wall, Wawa, Walmart, Acme, uh, Apple. I should not ever go to my dorm or my apartment per se and not have money for groceries. Yes. For all the yes. jokes that we have on Jameis Winston, and he, he has a lot. The crab leg incident does bring up one one small fact. While he's an idiot and it was immature, man, why didn't James Winston have twenty dollars in his pocket to get crabs anyway? Yeah. Like I'm just saying, as much as much we we're not defending, but there's something to be said about that. Like, dang, James Winston should have probably uh, he probably should have fifty grand in his pocket. He did just lead FSU to a national championship the year yeah, before. Yeah, he should have some type of bread in his pocket. Like he Bro, has to yeah. steal food. That's crazy. He should have came in. The, he should it, theoretically by the time he got to and he when he came to the NFL, it should have been a personal choice. Like I like football this much. Yeah, it should have had nothing to do with finances. Nothing, because we all know what Florida State means to college football, and we all know what he did for the Florida State brand. Yeah, he he, so, he brought them back. He brought them back to be relevant again. Yeah, because they weren't relevant for a minute, and when he got there, they became relevant. Yeah, and for so, him to steal I mean, food, come on. It's just something to think about. You know, when we when we put these guys, where that's all, and that's all we're talking about. This, you know, these leagues of and these things, the NCAA and the G League, you know, paying these guys long overdue, man. It's long overdue. Yeah, it's super and long overdue. I just like again. Adam Adam Silver and, and and to be fair to be fair here because I'm baseball too, Adam Silver and baseball, and you know thank God for Adam Silver finding following the baseball model of we, let's just take these guys and let's start our own farm system because baseball is good for that too as far yeah. as major sports you know draft they'll get guys out of high school and you know they'll be double A triple A single A for five six years. Yeah. And we don't even know their names, but nope. they're getting paid. They're getting paid millions. The family straight, straight out of high uh, school. Yeah, so yep. to close this pod out, um, we're going to talk about Kobe Bryant's legacy and what was your favorite moment or Kobe, Kobe memory that you have? We can do a whole podcast on Kobe. Yeah, we he's can. He's my favorite player. And he's a, lot, he's a lot of our favorite player. I think we all saw a little of ourselves in Kobe, so I'm just going to try to make it quick. My favorite, 
Kobe Bryant memory. I have to say, it's the last game. Uh, I remember where I was at. Uh, I got the Army, and uh, I, I just got the Army in Jersey. And uh, the next the next year, I was attending Temple. So for that summer, I was at my grandma's house. And I set up like a little apartment in her basement. I had the big TV. I put the bow system to it. And I remember that night, Game of Thrones was coming on. So I was like, what am I going to watch? I'm going to watch the Kobe thing first. And um, it, it was the same night that Golden State was breaking the record, the 72-win record. A lot of people don't remember that because we didn't care. And I watched that game. Kobe started out real slow, missing a lot of shots. It looked like, oh, man, well, at least he's going to go out swinging. And then he just got hot. And Kobe got so hot to the point where it was like, wait a second, they're really trying to stop him. Yeah. And you can give me that he shot a lot of shots. You can give me all that bullshit if you want. Look, man, Kobe dropped 60 in his final game. Dropped the mic. Mamba out. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can talk about that game for weeks. I'm just going to leave it there. That's my favorite Kobe memory. Um, rest in peace to him and his, and his daughter, you know, and yeah. all the people on the helicopter. All right. So I'm going to get this out there that I hated Kobe growing up because I was an AI fan and I thought AI was the best player ever in the NBA at the point when he was playing. So my favorite memory of Kobe was when they beat the Lakers beat us in 2001. We won the first game. I was hyped. AI stepped over um, Tyron Lue. Ty Lu, <laughs> I remember it. I'm like, yeah, we're going to win this whole series. I was hyped. Nope. Second game, Shaq was killing, but Kobe was a killer. He used to come up to the free throw line and shoot that little push, little jumper. <clears throat> killing us. He killed everybody, man, on our team. Nobody could stop him. Like, it was just crazy. Like, oh, my goodness. that that That's my favorite memory of Kobe. Um. Growing up where I had to respect it, I had to give him his props that he was a bad man, man. He was so nice. Like, you couldn't even hate. I hated him because I was an AI fan. But, you know, down the line, you just have to give it up. How hard he worked, how he had that that mama mentality. That man was a bad man. He was cold, man. Like, he was really cold. Like, he was so nice, man. Like, that was that boy, man. Kobe was that yeah. boy. R.I.P., man. R.I.P. So with that, people, um, until the next time, stay safe, give respect, and show love. One. Make sure you go listen to all old and new NBC podcast episodes on all podcasting platforms. And please go to www.nothingbutconvos.com for the latest apparel.